This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 62 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have an all-American race jockey from Ohio and a student of gentle horse training from Slovakia. Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Hello, Debbie. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited about uh, the show coming up today because I think it speaks to the, the uh, what comes around goes around. Oh, good. Um, like begin, the beginning and the end are the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel very I feel very zen about this. <laughs> That's great. Yin yang. Yin yin yang. We have two guests who one at the very, very beginning of her career with horses, and the other has got to the end of his career with horses and moved on to a second career. But yet the passion for good horsemanship and um the uh Training horses well and communicating with the human so that the human can do better with the horse is very universal with those two. It really is, Jen. You're absolutely right. I mean, I've known I've known Larry Legue since he was 15 years old, and I was just a few years younger than him. And uh, he has he he never varied from his passion for horses. He was set out with a goal, and he just darn well achieved it. That was it. Jolly well achieved that darn thing. And he. Um, is still in love with horses today, well into his 50s. And uh, the other guest we have, I think it's one of those magnetic things, you know, Yana just, she's, she was worked in television, she's worked in all kinds of media over in Eastern Europe, but that draw of the horse kept pulling her back. And uh, I'm sure that someday she would love to combine those two talents that she has. But right now she's completely focused on horses. And more importantly, she's wonderful with horses helping people. So she's doing a lot of volunteer work at therapeutics and and just loving the whole communication system that she knew was in there all along, but she never really perfected it until she got together with horses. Really cool stuff. I can't wait to chat with her. Why don't we uh, hear from our sponsor, IFA.com, and then we're going to be talking with Jana. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an Index Fund Advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 
888-643-3133. Yana Yanakova was in PR as a journalist and a communications manager for 10 years before turning her sights back to horses in 2014. Her goal is to become a certified Monty Roberts instructor and use the gentle training and communications methods to help horses and people too. Well, welcome, Yana Yanakova, all the way from Slovakia. Am I saying that all correctly, Yana? It is correctly, yes, Debbie. Ah, thank you, Yana. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show today. I, I wanted to share a little bit about being a student at the Monty Roberts International Learning Center. And um, you've been such a trooper out there working so hard, slaving away in beautiful, sunny California during the winter months, <laughs> working with horses, sort of one of those dream things to do. And I wanted to know... What what is it that you came halfway around the world to learn at Flag is Up Farms? Well, uh, it's my pleasure to be here because I love horses and I love this place. And uh, I loved horses ever since I was a little child. But uh, uh, since I don't come from family with a horse background, I uh, did not have much opportunity to spend much time with them. But uh, everybody remembers me as a like a little child, little small girl collecting and saving all my money that I got for um, for my birthday present. And when they asked me, "What are you going to do with the money? What do you want to use them for?" I just replied, "I was going to buy a horse." And uh, that didn't happen when I was a little child, but it happened a little bit later. Because I believe that uh, for everything in life, time has to come. So maybe that was also the time in my life when I met my horse and uh, I just wanted to learn more and more. And then uh, I came across to Monty's gentle concept, which was very, very interesting for me. And that's why I came here a few times just to learn because uh, it's just a great experience to be here. Oh, that's great. So how far did you get with horses once you finally got your horse? Were you uh, in competition or what? Actually, I was not. I was uh, just, uh, it was my hobby because I was working um, uh, as, um, uh, I was working as a journalist in Slovakia. So the horses were mostly my hobby uh, throughout my life. But uh uh, I worked with, with few horses after uh, after the time, and uh, uh, it was just a um, coincidence, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I wouldn't say so, but uh, I believe that everything is happening for a reason. And yeah. it was probably <laughs> the same with me uh, getting involved with uh, Monty's uh, concept, because I, as I got my horse... Uh, I had so many questions about her behavior and uh, uh, the answers that I got from traditional people were really not satisfying me at all. So I wanted to learn more and um, that moment actually came when I had uh, an accident because I fell from a horse, from a young horse that I was starting and uh, I got my spine broken, and mm. after that, I had to say um, that um, uh, I had to stay in my bed for quite a long time, mm. and uh, it took a few months or uh, before I uh, got recovered. But uh, during that time, I uh, was uh, 
I had time. It was kind of a little short or longer break from my busy life. Yeah. So I had, a, <laughs> yes, I had the time to read and uh, I read Monty's book. And uh, those books um, inspired me uh, to study more horse psychology and the language of uh, Equus. And that's mm-hmm. why I came here. That's wonderful. So you were you were looking for a different way, a non-traditional way. What is it that resonated with you? What is it that stuck with you about Monty's way? Um, the uh, the way of training the horses and the uh, the way of uh, um, teaching people how to interact with horses and horse behavior. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Good. Okay, you're you're definitely one of our team. Uh, our producer Jen has been practicing with some of her horses too, and it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It is a lot of fun, and it's uh, amazing how uh, how much we can learn from them. And every day, it's I would say just uh, amazing learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, very very fortunate because after my recovery. Uh, I could come to Flaggy's Up Farms and take introductory course, which was really cool. And then I came back for advanced course and special skill course, which I took with uh, your head instructor, Dennis. And that was just uh, really, really great learning experience to work with uh, different breeds because I have never worked uh, with uh, gentlers before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, with the breeds that uh, you work with uh, here in the United States. So um, now I came back to learn more because it's uh, just interesting. And uh, horses are great animals. And I think that we can benefit uh, so much from the cooperation with them. Yeah. So it's, uh, what, what? I would say, sorry. Oh, no, I go ahead. Say, I would say it is uh, really our responsibility to learn their language and uh, to know how to meet uh, their needs. Mm, so. I love that. Boy, quote that. That's a, a, a Yana Yanakova quote now. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a rich tradition of horses in Slovakia? Tell us a little bit about uh, growing up in Slovakia. Yeah, it's still a little bit um, traditional, but uh, uh, it's getting better. But uh, Slovakia is really tiny country, and it's uh, small, and uh, I would say also quite young country because we split from Czech Republic in uh, 1993. So we are a pretty young country, and uh, this um, event, the splitting from the Czech Republic, had also an influence on horse industry. Uh, compared, for example, to um, Hungary, which uh, is the uh, border country mm-hmm. uh, with Slovakia, now, the tradition is uh, not that rich, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, Hungary is known for their the, centuries and centuries with work with horses. Yeah, what what yeah. breed? What breed did you get? What was your first horse? Uh, I got some experience with uh, Slovak, Czech, and uh, uh, Hungarians uh, barn bloods. And the barn uh, the, we have also quite common um, uh, breed used for uh, jumping and uh, dressage uh, competitions uh, called Furioso. And um, 
Nowadays, I would say that, uh, for example, uh, endurance has becoming very, very popular. Oh, endurance! In yeah. Oh, yes, that's, that's fun. Uh, not so much racing uh, compared, for example, to Czech Republic and Hungary, but uh, uh, endurance is uh, quite popular. And we also have um, uh, races with uh, called blood horses. Mm-hmm. Those the are quite. Reds? Yeah, yep. those are quite popular. Um, but mostly nowadays, I would say jumping and endurance. Oh, good. And the warm plaids. So do you want to take what you're learning then back to Slovakia? And is your, what are your goals in, in the equine industry? Um, of course, that's why I'm learning and studying hard mm-hmm. <laughs> on Monty's concept. And uh, I really, really would love to work on um, programs more uh, to cooperate uh, uh, disabled people and uh, emotionally hurt people with uh, horses. Uh, I worked on some programs for uh, disabled children back home. Mm-hmm. And I also have studied uh, psychology, so uh, one of one of my goal is uh, to bring Monty's concept to my country, but at the same time work and help with uh, um, emotionally hurt people, PTSD people, and uh, that's why I came here at this time because uh, I was very very interested in your veteran programs, which is amazing uh, program. That's right. You were for- able to. You were able to. Uh- be there for the our horses and healing that recently happened. How did that affect you? Uh, it was just overwhelming uh, experience, and uh, I think you are doing a great job here. Oh, that's because nice. I well, think... I think the horses are doing. The, I think the horses <laughs> exactly. are doing. Exactly, the they are doing amazing job. Uh, I think that uh, from this experience, uh, we can benefit so much. And uh, the communication and cooperation with horses through uh, join-up experience is just uh, fabulous. That's great. I know you even took time out of your day today. Thank you for running over here. You were with a a therapeutic out in San Inez Valley uh, for children. Is that right? What were you doing today? Yes, it's it's, uh, right. And uh, they also provide uh, the... Uh, courses for uh, mentally handicapped and uh, uh, physically handicapped children. And uh, those programs are uh, very peaceful and comfortable uh, for hurt people. And they can just uh, touch the horse, uh, brush the horse, or uh, some of them can even ride a horse. And uh, it's really cool. Fantastic. That's fantastic. So what do you think, if you had to sum it up with your experience uh, being a student there so far, what, what's the most important thing that you think you've learned since you came to Flag Us Up? Uh, I mean, every day is a really, really cool experience, and I'm learning a lot. I, I spent some time uh, all around the farm, and uh, I was able to uh, see the courses, to help uh, with the courses, and also I think that uh, every day I learn something different from your horses at the farm. And the most important thing that they taught me, I think, was that I realized for the first time in my life when I came here 
how little is little and how little can be too much. Oh, that's good. I like that because you've been working with some of the Mustangs. and Exactly, some... and that mm. was for the first time in my life working with Mustangs, and they are just amazing creatures. Mm. And uh, with all of the help with the instructors, uh, it was a really, really cool experience. Yeah, but you've also worked, I saw you working a little bit with Monty out uh, with the thoroughbred that came in that wouldn't go through the starting gate. And Yes, we, we helped. Uh, we did work with him as well. And uh, every day it was uh, like, it was getting better, getting better. So, so uh, it's really, really cool to see how, how uh, their behavior is changing throughout mm. the Monty's concept and throughout the working with them uh, in line with uh, his training method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. What an experience. How fun. Well, I hope we get some more of your your colleagues and your countrymen over here from Slovakia to take more back. But we're so glad that you're paving the way all the way back to Eastern Europe with uh, with gentler concepts and that those concepts of trust. Yes, exactly, and thank you very much for for showing me different, uh, maybe different layer of uh, of world or or mm-hmm. different uh, doors opening for me oh. through Monty's concept because it was really, it's still really, it is still really uh, very valuable. Well, experience. thank you, thank you for sharing that today, Yana, and thank you for being with us on Horsemanship Radio. My pleasure. We all hear about omega-3 and how important it is for your horse's nutrition, but why? Well, simply put, horses were created to get all of their nutrition from live, natural grasses. Omega-3 is an essential fat found in many types of live grasses, and it's critical to the horse's health. If they were living on live grasses 24-7, they would be receiving enough omega-3. But in today's world, most horses are fed commercial feed and forage as their primary nutrition, and most of these are lacking in omega-3. That's where Omega Fields comes in. All of Omega Fields' flax-based products provide a balanced essential profile of Omega-369 and may be helpful in alleviating problems related to skin, coat, hoof, joint, and sand colic. One of Omega Fields' terrific products is Omega Horse Shine. Omega Horse Shine is an Omega-3 stabilized ground flaxseed supplement for horses to help maintain a shiny, healthy coat, strong, solid hooves, and top performance for horses in all life stages. Omega Fields provides the best human-grade, non-GMO ground flax that can help horses with dry, scaly, itchy skin, joint pain and inflammation, poor hoof growth, allergies, and more. Don't just listen to Debbie and I. Alexandra, a customer of Omega Field, says any horse I ever own, I will feed them Omega Horse Shine, and I will recommend it to anyone. You can get your Omega Horse Shine today at OmegaFields.com, or just for our listeners, get 15% off using the coupon code MONTY2015. All one word, it's MONTY2015 for 15% off your next order at OmegaFields.com. That's OmegaFields.com. Larry Ledoux came to Flag is Up Farms in Sullivan, California in 1967 at the ripe old age of 15 to study under Monty Roberts. 
His goal was to become a race jockey, and he was determined. From 67 to 1970, he worked hard to go to school half day and then ride the other half to fulfill that dream. His career spanned over 31 years, and he rode over 21,000 mounts, 7,000 finishing in the money. That's first, second, or third place in a race. And he chalked up over 2,400 wins. Well, welcome, Larry Legue, part of my dearest, dearest friends and family. How are you today? Fine, Debbie. How are you? Really good. I am so happy to share you with the listeners of Horsemanship Radio. And uh, it's been a long time coming, but you and Nancy have been so close to us since, well, let's see, 1967, (laughs) I think. It was the first year you came to the farm. Yeah. yeah, 1967. I remember you very well, sitting on the couch watching Bonanza with me. Oh, is that right? You that and Marty so and and, <laughs> and Lori, sit, all three of us sitting there watching Bonanza after we got back from school. Ah, uh, you're so sweet. Well, you came to the farm in 1967 to learn to be a jockey, and you were all of 15 years old, as I recall. I was. I think I was, yeah, if I was 15 at the time yeah, when I and, came there. Yeah, and what, what created that passion in you at such a young age to be a jockey? Uh, oh, I just, I love horses, and uh, we lived on a horse farm in uh, over in California close to, let me think, it was uh, Simi Valley. There was mm-hmm. a ranch that we lived on, and it had a big training track. I guess it was about a half-mile training track, and I was, uh, see, that was in 1960, Mm -hmm. so I was real young then. Yes, you were. I was about, I think we moved there, I was seven years old. Anyway, my dad took me to the track to Santa Anita, and I saw this little guy, Johnny Longden, and I said, I like that guy that rides that horse, and he said, oh, he's an old rider. That guy's a good rider. And then there was Shoemaker. And I, I started really watching these jockeys. And, and I told my dad, I said, I'm going to be a jockey when I grow up. Wow. And, and ever since then, I, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah, was it, was it the, the whole mystique of the beautiful uh, racetrack? Or what, was it the horses? Or the horses. I love the horses. And so my dad, he won a, a, ra- a horse for me in a poker game. Huh? I was seven years old, yeah, and we had a track and a place to keep him on this farm that my dad managed it, and uh, he said, Larry, I just I won a horse for you in a poker game, and he's a retired uh, five-gated standard bred, and he oh. had a double bit with him and the reins, and I didn't even know how to really ride anything then either, so anyway, he brought this horse. He came in a horse trailer up this dirt road, and I was waiting all day for him to come, and I was so excited. And this horse was really a nice horse. I mean, he he was a champion, uh, five-gated standard bred. He could do all the gates, the racking, and, you know, the different gates that they have. Uh And he was really fit, but he had to drop out. He had some kind of a breathing problem that he couldn't stay in that, you know, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this man uh, had—he—he he didn't have any money left, and he was playing poker with my dad. And he said, "Well, I have a horse that's worth X amount of dollars." So he signed pretty, him over to my that's dad. That's pretty high stakes poker, there. Pretty yeah, high stakes. I know. So anyway, I had a horse, and I had him all the way 
from I was seven years old then, and the horse lived with us till he was 14, and he died. But I learned to ride on him, going around the, dra- around the racetrack. Yeah. And I remember one time I was, um, there was a sheep herder that came in to keep his sheep there and on the center field of the track, and he was letting them graze there on the infield. And uh, so I was sitting on the outside rail on the horse, you know, at the outside rail, just standing there. And I tied the reins around the saddle horn. I had this little tiny saddle like a pony would be for a saddle. You know, only it was on a big horse, Mm 16-hands horse. I had a pony saddle on him, and I tied the reins around. I'm just standing there on him, sitting on him watching these sheep go by and something spooked him and he took off running and jumping over sheep and I couldn't stop him because I had the reins tied around the saddle horn and I'm going on the outside rail running off he's running off with me and he goes underneath a low limb on a tree on the outside rail he hits this I hit this tree and it put a big old cut on my face and the next day, I had to get my class pictures taken at oh, school. No. I know, and I had a big old like, cut across my face. Oh, man. No self-consciousness so, at all at no, that age. No, yeah. So I have that picture, and I thought, look at me with that big cut on my face, oh. wearing my cowboy shirt oh. and my cowboy tie. I think I was in about uh, first grade, I guess, something like Goodness. that. Goodness sakes but you know what that didn't dissuade you that didn't keep you from horses so no i loved horses i just i couldn't get enough horses (laughs) i know you were such you were such a trooper to come to um when you first came do you remember al seiler a trainer al seiler oh very well and dave mcgregor dave mcgregor yeah they were friends they were both there together too weren't they they were trainers and they they came and and some of your first teachers along with with dad with With monty and your mom and Y Vaughn and Carl Gould. That's right. Right, remember Carl? Yeah, that's right. I yeah. actually forgot about Carl. I used to go horseback riding with them on the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the quotes that I read from you, Larry, now that we know what your long and storied career has become, which is just amazing, uh, is that you always say, choose your role models carefully and get a good education. And I appreciate that about you. It's not just, you didn't just follow your heart. You also followed a a track of responsibility behind your career too, which is really great. And follow, get some good role models and, and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so tell, tell me, I mean, once you, you graduated from high school, well, tell us a little bit about how, how did you, get a professional education when you're in a teenager, but also able to get, um, you know, a, an education in horses and an education in school. A lot of people don't know how to pull that off. How'd you do it? Well, when I was working on the ranch, I got, uh, um, what do they call it? Work, uh, like a co-op thing. Where yeah. You get, you yeah. Get that's right. For work, working on the farm, like an agricultural Great. Credit, like credits like for the that. Credit, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but I could only go. See, I I went. I worked in the farm from six in the morning, and then till around eleven thirty. And then your mom would drive me to, or Yvonne would drive me to school, mm-hmm. and then I'd just do half a day at school. So in order to make up the other half that I missed, I would go to summer school so I could do that. So I was like going to school year round. 
Pretty strong work ethic. Pretty yeah, strong. so I work at the farm half a day, and it, just in the morning, and then I would, uh, you know, go to school and come back. And then sometimes if I wasn't too tired from school, I would help feed the horses like around four when mm-hmm. I got back back to the farm. I would feed them, help feed them. But well, you, usually I didn't, though, because yeah, I wanted you, to do some homework. Well, what I love about you is that you you didn't just want to just jump on a horse like some of the some of the jockeys really aren't that close to their horses. They're close to the industry and they're close to the need for speed. But right. you're a real horseman in the roots, and you've ridden in tracks now all over all over North all America. Seven, sure. Seventeen different states. I rode uh, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, like, leading like jockeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like you say. A lot of jockeys aren't real horsemen. Uh, what they do is they they ride those exercise horses that are like made. They're like models. They call it the equi horse equisizers. Mm-hmm. You've seen those. They mm-hmm. Yeah, they train the on that. Around. They train yes. on that, and they know how to push them in a race and make them go as fast as they can. But they don't. It's so much easier to ride a horse when he's running full out. I mean, you you don't really. It's not a lot of you have to balance though, so you have to be really a good but good balance, like riding a motorcycle almost. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the thing is, they're not technically horsemen if they do it like that. They're not they didn't learn it ground up. They didn't shovel so, poop a lot of times. They didn't <laughs> shovel poop a lot of them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so uh you know, I grew up with you and learn and you saw how it is there at the ranch you you do everything you learn from the ground up you clean their feet you paint their feet you you um put medicine on their legs that uh, bill the leg man would have and you That's right. rub you know just learn everything about horses grooming horses uh everything there is to learn that you can learn about horses besides just riding them yeah, you know. before you ever, before you ever get in the saddle. So tell yeah. us ha- tell us what happened when all that started to pay off for you. When it started to really pay off, you mean like money wise? Well, I, I really started riding I, winning. Races. Yeah, riding winning races. Race. Winning races. I started in 1970. I won my first race in 1970. So I left the farm. Let's see what when this in ni- the end of. 1969, I left the farm to go gallop horses for Bob Wheeler down at Del Mar. Mm-hmm. And then I galloped horses at Del Mar. And then when Del Mar was over, I went with the Bob Wheeler's stable because he had some, uh, your parents, or I don't know who owned them, Monty, I think Monty and Pat, did they own some? Yeah, and they, in the training, and horses in training too, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Santa Anita, and I went there, and then a whole circuit. I went, like, from Del Mar, Santa Anita, Hollywood Park. And then Monty came and flew down to get me uh, lined up with a trainer at uh, Bay Meadows where I could start riding races in 1970. So I went up there, and we found a trainer, and I started riding. uh, And I started winning races. Like, about every week I'd have at least one winner. Yeah, yeah. You really you set some records too. I I mean, the we can brag on you a little bit. You even in Canada, you were you set a world record. I think for three and a half furlongs. uh, I did. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a set a world record for three and a half furlongs in 38 and something. Let me see. I have change, yeah. on the wall. Let me see. I'll tell you the time. I have it <laughs> on the wall in the pub room. Let yeah, I think see. that was at Northlands Park. North, uh, Northlands Park. It mm-hmm. went uh, three and a half furlongs in 38 and two. Awesome. The horse, yeah, the horse's name was Emotional Hit, and oh. it was a world record for that distance. A two-year, it was a first-time starter, two-year-old. Oh my, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah I didn't know. Yeah, and I used to work her all the time. I knew she could really run, but I didn't want to work her real fast because I didn't want to shin buck her. So I'd work her. The trainer, he he was agreeable with how we worked her. And we didn't want to shin buck her before mm-hmm. a race, so we'd work her like a half mile in about 50, just real easy. But mm-hmm. we knew she could really fly. I mean, I told him, I said, this filly can really fly. I said, if I let her out, she'll go half in 45. Mm-hmm. I know she will. You know, I could just feel the power that I knew she could go in 45 easy. But we'd always work her in about a half and half and 50. Mm-hmm. Just to keep her shins from bucking out, yeah, you know, yeah. Sore. So we finally did finally get to turn her loose in that race, and we just let her run, and she won easy. She proved it. She proved yeah. what you thought all along. She set a record. <laughs> yeah. She set a record. And and you um you've been I think you've won some records as the winningest jockey at Pomona and yeah. uh, some of the, yeah. Tell us about some yeah. of those. Too. Oh well, it's in Phoenix, Arizona. I was leading rider in the Midwest out there in uh, 1978 and I got my trophy at Caesars Palace uh, the same year that Steve Cawson got his trophy well he was riding in England and uh, Johnny Longdon accepted his trophy and uh, they gave me the Frank Sinatra suite there oh, and yeah. all, all my California friends showed up and and I called up Johnny Longdon he was staying in some ho- regular size hotel room there in Caesar's <laughs> Palace, and I called him up and I said, "Hey, why don't you come up and see this room, and we'll drink some champagne." <laughs> and he came up, and a bunch of uh, trainers I knew in uh, Northern California came up to see that room, and we were all just hanging around there, talking and joking. It was fun. Yeah, that is fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a Frank Sinatra suite. It had a grand piano in it. Oh, a nice. white grand piano. <laughs> oh, I yeah, hope we you were... didn't drink enough champagne to start no. playing the piano. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were trying to play it, but it didn't sound too good. <laughs> not, not as good as Frank. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I read some stats uh, that before you retired, uh, you won something like 21,000, or you were on... 21,000 mounts, I guess that was it. I rode 21,000 mounts, and I won 2,400 of them, and 7,000 of them were first, second, and third. Wow, that's amazing, Larry. Yeah, and I retired here at Turfway Park. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and what age? What age did you retire? uh, 49. That's amazing, because a lot of jocks, man, they, you know, I mean, you get... If if you do well, you can retire at thirty five or forty, and and, uh, and it's, you know keep your body together. But you must have been in such great shape all the way to age forty nine. Oh, I was. I still am in really. You good still shape. are in good shape. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I am. And um, we'll see. A lot of jockeys they probably could retire, and uh, but it is hard to stop doing it because you love it so much. That's right. And it's just hard to say well. I don't know. 
but I mean, you feel like you can keep doing it forever, but you really reality you can't because the injuries don't heal as fast when you uh, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have a a fall or a spill. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, you, yeah. it just happens. I mean, I figured it out after all my career. The time I rode. I would probably have some kind of injury about every five years. That's how it averaged out. Mm-hmm. And and I'd be off like six or seven weeks with a broken bone of some sort. Mm-hmm. But nothing real serious, but just enough to keep you from riding for about six to eight weeks till it could heal like a r- broken rib or a broken foot or broken collarbone. I broke one collarbone, my left collarbone, three times, the same mm-hmm. collarbone. And it's this strange thing. Uh, I'd always seem to land on that one. I I like tuck and roll, and I'd always land on that left collarbone. But at least it, that's all it broke anyway. And now, yeah. oh, I did break some ribs at the one time. I broke three ribs. At pretty time. hard to pretty hard to come out without a few broken ribs. But at least you didn't break your head. That was the I didn't break my head. I was I didn't land too hard on that. I remember the first time I really got hurt was at uh, Turf Paradise. I was about 10 wins ahead of this one jockey that was the leading rider for probably uh, 15 years there. And I came from California, and all of a sudden I was 10 wins ahead of him. And I was, I remember this, I was number four, this is going six furlongs, in the coming out of the gate, and he was number six. And he angled his horse directly at me on purpose. I saw mm-hmm. him pulling the left rein to me, and he was number six, and I'm four, and the guy in the five hole, he he sucked out of there because he could see there was something going on, and this, he just, like, ran right into me and put me right over the fence, now the inside rail, Goodness. and broke my collarbone and three ribs, and I didn't even know this. They were broken. I went to the hospital, and they took x-rays of me, and they said, oh, you just pulled some muscles. You're all right. So I said, I was really in a lot of pain. So I started jogging around the turf course there just to get loosened up, thinking I was just pulled some muscles. And then um, I even went up to Flagstaff and went with another jockey friend of mine, and we went skiing, and I was like, I couldn't hardly ski, and every time I would try to do a turn I would it would start hurting my shoulder and I, I would imagine yeah yeah and then <laughs> the thing is I was still winning races with all this problem yeah and hurt, but amazing. then pretty soon I couldn't buckle my chin strap even it started oh. hurting my left arm was hurting so bad so I went in to get some x-rays and it showed on there that I had three broken ribs and a broken collarbone yeah, and I didn't even that. know it and anyway, then I had to take off time. So that rider beat me in the, as leading rider. He, I finished second on the standings because I had to take six weeks off. Yeah. But in, overall, when I came back to ride, I started winning races just like before. And that was the same year I got leading rider of the Midwest. So there I, you go. I you totally got even. passed him. I just you blew got him even. away. <laughs> <laughs> I blew him. I blew him away. <laughs> You're not competitive at all. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> I said, that's well, not going to happen. We're, I'm going to be leading rider. That's all there is to it. <laughs> there you, go. you are one of the toughest guys I have ever met. You really yeah. are, Larry. We're, yeah. we're going to have to have you back on with Nancy sometime, too, because I do uh, believe uh, that you and your wife, Nancy, have the most romantic story, I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. Couldn't, we'll have to have another. make a movie as good as We'll this. do another story on that. I would love to do that, but I know you got to run, and I appreciate okay. that you took your time out for me today. Um, oh, I love you. I love you, Debbie. I love you too, Larry. And say hello. Give kisses to Nancy for me, and thank her for letting us have your time today. All right. And you say hi to everyone too, and congratulations on your son and his oh. wife, new wife. Get oh, this is great, and your husband, oh, everyone. You. Thanks very much. Thanks for right. thanks for being here on Horsemanship Radio with us. All right, Debbie, thank you. And Jennifer, are you still there back in the background? I'm still hiding here in the background. It was nice to oh, meet okay. you. Nice to meet you too, Jennifer. Mwah. Love you, honey. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of the Dear Monty, I love my horse, and I think my horse loves me. He follows me around already. Do I still need to do join-up? Monty's answer. Join-up is a condition that follows a logical line of communication. It is a piece of completed communication that informs the horse that you are aware of his or her language and that you understand it. It has far less to do with love than with understanding. With a few exceptions, I recommend join up as a communication effort with every horse I work with. It builds the foundation for a mutual understanding between horse and human, which in turn results in trust and the earning of that trust. I appreciate your position that the horse already accepts you, and I understand why you would ask whether join-up is still necessary. I would suggest that when properly executed, it always helps and never has negative effects. The exceptions might be orphan foals or aggressive stallions. These constitute another subject and should be left to the professionals. What I do need to do to bring you to a greater understanding of these concepts is to explore for a moment the definition of join-up. It is not a simple acceptance of one or another by horse and human. It is far more than a simple curiosity or even a strong bond. Join up within my concepts is a procedure and something far greater than what you have described with your horse. Join up is that moment in which the horse decides that it is better to be with you than to go away. This is achieved, however, only after a body of work that is designed to inform the horse that you understand his language and that you are prepared to live by the principles inherent in him after millions of years during which his nature has been imprinted with certain rules. Join up in the understanding of the language of Equus are used to convince the horse through a series of carefully designed exercises that you mean no harm. Violence can play no part in this process. The horse person must live up to the trust he or she engenders. We must agree to adhere to the tenets of nonviolence or not use these principles at all. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. 
you can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online too on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in Germany, April 24th, 23rd, and 30th, he will be in Germany. Then he'll pop over to Austria, where he has demonstration events on May 5th and May 7th. Then he goes to South Africa. On May 28th and 29th, he'll be in Johannesburg. And then he'll go to Cape Town for June 4th and 5th. Then he goes back to California July 17 through 21 for his Monty special training with translation in Portuguese for our Brazilian and Portuguese friends. And then August 1st through 5th, that'll be Monty special training at Flag is at Farms in California. And then that's polished off by the summer of 2016, Gentling Wild Horses from August 22 through September 2 at Flag is at Farms in California. And... That's all on Monty Roberts' website. You can go to MontyRoberts.com because you couldn't possibly memorize all that. I think not. <laughs> and if you want to speak with a helpful and pleasant human being, you can call Flag is Up Farm, 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, go to HorsemanshipRadio.com where you will find links and pictures and more information about our guests and we love your feedback, so hop on over to Monty Roberts' Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Monty Roberts. Or you can tweet Monty. Go to, tweet, go to Twitter, and it's Monty <laughs> underscore Roberts. And to get the app, go to the Horse Radio Network on iTunes and Androids. And many thanks to our sponsors. That's IFA.com, Omega Fields, and Monty Roberts University. Be sure to visit all our other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.